When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They do take themselves way too serious, and I can only stand about half an hour of it. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right, Mackey and Judd today, Matthew Collar and Zolgad from uh, the TCL Broadcast Studios. Gentlemen, we have a complaint. Oh, no. Brian McKenzie. Short, sweet, to the point. I can only read two of the three words. Enough bleeping football. GD is how we would describe that Thank bleeping. You. Thank you. Enough bleeping football. We got a problem here. No, but I like football. And you're here today, and you cover football for 1500ESPN.com. I do. And the metrics on a daily basis show that when you write about football, it gets a lot of reads. People also seem to like football beyond just me and you. So, Brian, I got bad news. And and by the way, I'd be curious, uh, if you don't like football, what did you like, if anything? Now, perhaps his answer is, I just don't like your show. And I'm gone, which is, you know, so, his right. I mean, Eric Ibar is short. Not great. That's my analysis. Um, I, I don't know if it's because we didn't go to spring training this year. And I'm actually, I am excited for the Twins because I like the moves. Now, there have been some setbacks. I know that. But I don't sense a lot of pure enthusiasm. I think it might be because the Wolves are actually pretty good. The Vikings signed a quarterback, which is a huge deal. The Wild is competitive. Do you guys sense a ton of Twins momentum right now, talk around town, things like that? Here's what I see as the problem. Look outside any day of the week. doesn't look like baseball weather outside. It doesn't feel like baseball season is a week or so away. It still feels like the middle of winter outside. We've got more snow coming this weekend, don't we? I also think that there's no... Kirk Cousins like signing for the Twins that would have made people really super super excited. Though I think uh, a reasonable analysis of the Twins offseason, you would find that they did a tremendous job. That Lance Lynn has had a very good career as a starting pitcher. Jake Odorizzi has been very good, and they got him for nothing, which is a great move, uh, and that fills out the lineup pretty well. But you also had the injury to Irvin Santana that's kind of a downer. You also have had this uh, issue surrounding Miguel Sano that is definitely a downer. And I don't think anyone trusts that he's going to come back and hit 40 home runs and be in the All-Star game or anything else like that after the way he ended last season, injured, the weight issues, the off-field problem. I mean, all those things, it's hard to have as much enthusiasm. If they had traded for Chris Archer, a legitimate ace pitcher, 
then maybe we would feel a little differently. But I think that there are plenty of reasons to be excited about the Twins. It, I certainly agree with you, Dave, that when it's going to snow again and it's snowing right now, it definitely doesn't feel like give me some Twins. Yeah, it's just, and in fact, when they made the original move uh, for Odorizzi when I was in Chicago a few weeks back, that was that was a great move, and I sensed some excitement there. But it just feels like, and this is this is probably largely due to the cousin signing. It feels like since that happened, you're. I mean, there's there's the daily coverage still there, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 to the Twins' credit, there should be excitement. This should be a good team. Now the Polanco thing hurts, but it doesn't kill you. The Sano thing should be cleared up here. Uh, if we're to believe the Santana reports, he should be back pitching by May first. So, if this was just a bad team, I would say, okay, yeah, who cares? But it's not. No. And and probably starting with the Cousins, that whole week of anticipation, it just mm-hmm. feels like they've been buried. So. Yeah, and and the fact that you have a Wolves team that is going through a challenging time now without Jimmy Butler, but every game you have to watch because there's drama here and you're trying to hold on to a playoff spot and trying to get into a better playoff spot because if you are in seven or eight in the West, uh, say goodnight in the first round. So the Wolves need to... <laughs> say goodnight quickly. Yeah, Right. Yeah. So the Wolves need to continue to, to try to win here and being without Jimmy, Carl Anthony Towns stepping up the way he has. The, the storylines are kind of better from some of the other teams in town than they are for the Twins. And I think that there have been enough gut punches for Twins fans over this offseason. Even if it's not a severe season-ending injury for Santana, it's still, yikes, a month without the guy who was your best pitcher last year. That's uh, pretty tough. And without a huge game-changing move that you would have felt put you in the conversation for the World Series, maybe it's just, well, we'll wait and see how they are and and go to some games and, and kind of feel it out early in the season. And then maybe people will buy in as we go along. And and I also think twins fans are reasonable to be a little slow to fully buy in to this team. Like was last year, just a little bit of uh maybe peaking too early or just get, you know, kind of lucky or whatever it might be. And then they were out quickly in the one game playoff like, so is this team really going to be competitive to where we're talking about the nuances every single day of, hey, who's going to play this position? What's the batting order going to look like? I don't think we're there yet with this team. Uh, 651-646-8255 if you'd like to join the conversation. 651-646-8255. Outside the Metro, 877-615-1500. Here's the, so, so with the Twins, I don't sense a lot of excitement. I think the Twins fans are there, and if the team uh, starts to win, I I think that excitement will build quickly. Here's the Wolves thing that intrigues me. The Wild fan, who's been to the playoffs now, what, how how many consecutive years? Every year since the Suter and Parisi contracts were signed. The Wild fan seems to love the product. And there's some moaning and groaning if they don't play well. But for the most part, those fans are loyal, and they're there. The Wolves fan... It feels, collared like we've skipped a step there. Because to go back to what we talked off the top of the show, talking 12 consecutive seasons of essentially futility. And so now there's this buildup this year to this team that got Jimmy Butler, that has Carl Anthony Towns emerging. That's a really good story. I would have thought that in this town, there would just be an excitement about that. And I feel like we've skipped a step. I feel like Wolves fan is... 
almost angry that there's not more sometimes. Like the whole Tibbs, and and I don't blame people because because Mackie and I are probably guilty of this too, or we certainly are at times. But it feels like we've skipped a step. It feels like we've gone from, wow, this is really cool. They're building back up, and it's been so long to this should happen, and that should happen. And it feels in some ways like the Wolves have have had two or three decent years, and in, and there's an impatience there mm-hmm. that almost if you think about it for the amount of futility that we're talking about, 13 years of no playoffs, surprises me. I'll say yes and no to that. Uh, yes in the fact that every time I watch a game on Twitter, and I've asked Jace about it, who we had on earlier, and John Krasinski, who works for The Athletic, with the, the basketball guys in town, like, why is this that – Wolves fans, if they're down one point in the first half, they just want to move the franchise to New Mexico. I mean, it's just apoplectic sometimes when a game or quarter is not going their way, which is surprising considering the recent history of the team that they have been a joke for a very long time and now are a good basketball team. And then when I look in the stands and I watch on TV and I see that the arena is full all the time now, and the type of energy that is there, even last night, you get the sense on TV that people in the city are, the the majority are excited about where this team is going, finally, for a long time. That uh, I, I think that there is an appreciation for how good they are right now, and the fact that they have a t- chance with Jimmy Butler coming back to make some noise in the playoffs, as long as they're not that seven and eight seed, I got a bad you, feeling about that. This, you by could the way. that you could win around, that you could have a really exciting series, and I, I mean, I I want to go to at least one of those games in Target Center just to see what that place is going to be like when they finally have playoffs. So do I, because it, it's been. I think I was at playoff games. I think I went a couple times the last time that that they were in, and it was fun. But I don't recall that much about those things. It's been that long. <laughs> it's been a long, a I was very, at, very long time. I think I was at a couple playoff games the last time that they went, and I remember the atmosphere was cool. But if you were to tell me describe it in detail, I can't now. It's been that long. And this time will be different because I think that this town, cities, love. How do you guys say it when you say this town, this city, the cities, the cities, twin okay. cities? Uh, I I think that they love basketball and really want a great basketball team. And you see support when the teams are winning across every basketball team. You see the Gophers, men or women, when they're playing well, that they're going to have a lot of support. The Lynx are, what, always the highest in the league for the attendance? Yes, and they've done well. That, and then you have the Wolves that had sort of been, you know, okay with the attendance, but then now that they're relevant again, people are really buying in. And I think when you're in an area where there are so many things going on, that if a team struggles for that long, it's really hard to keep buying in. And now that they are good again, I think that we will see in the playoffs the real energy of this town. I think part of the thing with the Wolves, too, is I think what hurts the Wolves a bit, and they probably don't care and they shouldn't care, it's Tibbs is hard to like. Oh, I, I definitely I think, think Tibbs is hard to like. I definitely I think, think so. And, and this is splitting hairs and a fine line. But I think Zim is perceived as sort of a character and a stoic guy, mm-hmm. and so we like him. Yep. I think Tibbs, with all the barking, is really hard to like, and therefore people are hard on Tibbs starting because of that. And I was listening to uh, Zach Lowe's podcast, the SI writer. Uh, I think he still writes for SI, maybe ESPN. Sorry, Zach Lowe. Um, but I listened to his podcast, and he was talking about this with uh, with Tibbs, where he 
interviewed him once and he asked Tibbs about something that wasn't basketball and Tibbs basically just like got up and left. <laughs> like he just, he, he doesn't show you any percentage of who he is. Yep. He's just this big wall of basketball and, and he's got the the voice too, but even the voice could be likable if he would show some sort of personality and, and let us in just a little bit. <laughs> Zimmer lets us in all the time to who he is. Well, I mean, he can't a, lie too. He can't lie. He's a very honest guy and he's He's just all football, right? And he kind of has this little bit of a soft side for certain players that he's shown with Teddy Bridgewater, but he's also football guy through and through. Common guy who's not, uh, you know, polished or political in the way that he talks. He's very likable because of that to sports fans where Tibbs is just, when, when you ask anyone about Tibbs, what's the first thing they do? Carl, like you know, uh, yeah, everyone yeah. does the Carl scream, mm-hmm. and that's just not really a, a way I think to endear yourself to fans, which would I think lead to some over criticism of some things that he does. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Are you excited about the Twins? And are, am I flat out wrong, or are you excited? But wait and see. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Mackie and Judd are back. Audio level full volume. It's on 1500 ESPN. All right, as far as the uh, question that we posed at the end of the last segment, I uh, got an email here that said, I'm very excited for twin season. Might be because I'm not in that godforsaken state. Wish you guys would give the Vikings a rest for like two segments. More anti-football, which I know you don't like. Mm. And Craig uh, tweets in, you're wrong. Baseball starts in a week and we couldn't be more excited. I love the Vikings, but every time they come up, I change the channel. Cousin signed smell baseball so i mean you just signed it the other day so well and it is a quarterback let's be honest among among free agent signings in any sport in this town and i know the parisian suit and suitor contracts in 2012 were a huge deal and they were huge contracts but if you're going to talk about splash signings does it get much bigger than the type of free agent quarterback who doesn't hit the market more than once every five to eight years. You're you yeah, don't see this happen that much. Yeah, I mean, your team just signed the most expensive player in the entire NFL. So, th- I mean, that is kind of a big deal. I, when, when it comes to the the sports fans here, it is interesting to me that there are a lot of Vikings fans who I don't think pay attention to a whole lot else that are really hardcore Vikings and three sixty five. It's I mean, in middle of June, they'll be sending me, hey, so what do you think about the punt gunner for uh, this year? And I'll be like, well, I guess J. Ron Curse could be uh, pretty good at that role. You know, I mean, and I'll get that all the time. And then there are other people who kind of spread their interests around uh, from the different teams. I mean, right now, I think we have, compared to how I got, when I got here, a way more interesting sports landscape than even just two years ago. With the fact that the Wolves are relevant when I arrived, the Twins were a disaster. Well, you arrived during the course of the complete meltdown, right? Yeah, yeah. And and so, I mean, even just when I got here and started turning on Twins games, it was like, oh boy, this is our baseball team, huh? But And then last year, we saw big gains there. We see big gains from the Wolves and playoffs. And the Wild are kind of still the Wild, but the fact that you have Bruce Boudreaux as your head coach, as opposed to Mike Yo, I think 
even though last year they had the same result, it gives you a better chance to win than you had before because you have one of the NHL's absolute best coaches. So you are in a position with these other teams in a better spot than you've been, I think, in a long time just across the board for Twin City sports. Yeah, no, that's probably true. I mean, it's it certainly is true for the Wolves. The Twins had that great run uh, throughout the early portion of the 2000s, but then starting with 2011, dropped off. The Wild is the Wild's a different animal to me as far as the teams in this town go, too, because they have this fan base that's just ingrained, and I think it would take years of being awful for that fan base to leave them. Like, the Wolves had to, the Wolves were, were terrible four years, mm-hmm. lost the fan base. You know, three, four, five years back, it wasn't that that people complained about the Wolves. They just didn't care. It was right. apathy. They yeah. did not care. The, the Wolves were, as far as the majority of sports fans in this town were concerned, the Wolves were just gone. Um, the Twins were good, and then they dipped, and they, they certainly lost attendance, but then they rallied. The Wilds, the one team that uh, post Parisi and Suter contracts collar, has just had this fan base that is there, mm-hmm. and it, it gets frustrated at times, but they go to the playoffs, it's a good arena. It's sort of this feel good. Well, but we still went to the game and the game was fun. So they they've it's as if they have some insulation and the Vikings are the one the Vikings are the one team in this town that I do sense that if things don't go well, people get mad and get get mad quickly, which is why the Wolves are interesting to me because I think the basketball fan in this town is pretty damn passionate, mm-hmm. but they just sort of checked out. And now they're back and that's why they're back and they're complaining. And in some ways, it's good to see. I'm just a little bit surprised at times because the product was so bad for so long that we've skipped the step of, man, it feels good for the Wolves to be halfway decent and gone right to, what's Tibbs doing? Why is Towns playing so yeah, much? Yeah, the the Wild fans. And they're good gripes. They're not bad. The Wild fans are fascinating to me uh, because it, it does feel like there is a group that no matter what the criticism might be, does not want to hear it about the wild. They just want to enjoy their wild and that's it. And maybe the expectations aren't a Stanley cup. Maybe it's just, Hey, as long as I go see some good hockey, when I go to the game, or as long as I can enjoy the hockey, when I turn it on TV in the regular season, then that's okay. And maybe that's just where they sit in the landscape, that that's their standard and that's what we kind of expect from them. But then there are the Wild fans, and I think you fall into this category, who are just so incredibly frustrated by years of first-round outs and never having a team that is truly a competitor for the Stanley Cup that is is just become really worn down on this franchise and worn down on Ryan Suter and Zach Parise. Yeah, that sounds like me. Yeah, and, and, and but none of them have that sort of, is it like a desperation that the team wins? Kind of like with the Vikings where every single move is analyzed over and over and over again. I mean, that's my, that's exactly my point. And I feel like, I feel as if the NBA, the Wolves fan does more of that than the Wild fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the Wild fan leaves the X and is like, well, you know what? That was fun. In a part, and I want to grab him by the shoulders and say that wasn't fun. It was infuriating half the time. So, like last offseason, they made one of the worst trades that I can think of: Marco Scandella for Felino and, and Ennis. And Felino and Ennis have brought nothing over a replacement level player, and they've cost like eight million dollars combined. It's, but I see no complaints about this. Really, I, I mean, well, I tried. I wrote about it. 
no one cares. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, 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 I don't see a whole lot of criticism for it. I don't see like, hey, Scandella. Right, here's a perfect, perfect example. You sent me a note. This is probably a month and a half, two months ago. Russo reported that Fletcher at some at meetings or right before the deadline was floating both those players in trade talks. Yeah. If that's the Wolves and that comes out, Wolves fans are like, yeah, what was Tibbs doing? That trade was terrible. And they would have been right. Russo reported that Felino and Ennis were being floated. And I think, I don't even know it got mentioned. No waves at all. And and here's the evidence of that is when Doogie mentions on your show the other day that uh, Wiggins wasn't happy that he's not the guy at the end of games and things like that, that there might be some disruption in the locker room. But he, yeah, he complained well, about it is what right, he, Yeah, right. Yeah. So Doogie brings that up, and uh, Derek James tweets it out that he said that, and then it, it just spreads like wildfire and becomes the big debate of uh, Minnesota sports for that day. And even Bleacher Report ends up po- posting something on it, which I think made a difference for, for how much we talked about it. But, I mean, imagine if we said... Hey, so seems like uh, Coyle and Parisi aren't getting along. We'd be like, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, just, we that, right. That? <laughs> like, you're right. Okay, well, that kind of seems like that. You know, they would just make no waves at all. But Wiggins wanting the ball at the end of the well, games Mike, or, Mike or Yo, wanting to be the man. When Mike Yo got fired, he he went to I think the Woodbury Caribou and held a press conference and pretty much explained for everybody that the young players and the veterans don't like each other. And that caused, an, oh, yeah, that's interesting. If that's the Wolves, that's talked about for a week. Right. So, um, Steve, what's going on? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Hey, what I see with the Wild fan base and the Wolves fan base, uh, 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 tell me if I'm wrong, uh, does the Wild, do you think the Wild fan base is more a higher percentage of pure hockey fans? Versus the Wolves is more fan base of a, a general sports population and more of a social media user than a, a, a true basketball fan. So, therefore, the, the fan base's perception mm. within the public eye uh, with the Wild seems to be more positive because they are actually hockey fans and, and vice versa for the Wolves fans. I, I think there's any truth to that? Thanks, Steve. I see exactly what he's saying, and it's an intriguing point, but I would think that the true hockey fan, if you really loved the sport, would be more frustrated, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I I feel like the wild... I think the wild fan watches Fox Sports North, drinks the Kool-Aid, and enjoys it all. And the rest of us sit there and like, what are you... And it's not that it's a bad team, it's a frustrating team. And so... To Steve's point, though, if you're a true hockey fan, if you love the sport, wouldn't you be more critical? I do wonder or? about I do wonder about demographics and what role they might play and and how it's looked at. I think the NBA does trend younger, and what what he's saying about social media, which may twist how we look at it a little bit. And with hockey fans, I just picture if you think about like your hockey families. That where little Timmy and little Jill, they play hockey at their schools and they travel league and everything else. And then the the parents want to take them to a wild game and they just want to sort of enjoy the show. I mean, the, those types of parents who are busy with lots of different things and the kids playing hockey. I mean, are they sitting up at 
10 o'clock at night, say, Koivu, what are you doing? Cr- like Crutching maybe, the film, going through the film. Right. Maybe, that face maybe not. Maybe not. So maybe we have more active, younger NBA audience. That, And I think that just over the last 10 years, we've seen the NBA explode in its popularity. And and I think especially with that, that younger audience. And, and maybe that's why it does seem like that. I don't know if it's one group loves their sport more than the other or is more diehard than the other. Because I think of you still had fans getting excited for this Wolves team when they had like Kevin Love or like look at how they react to Ricky Rubio being traded yeah. that even when they were losing they were hardcore loving this Wolves team and loving Ricky Rubio to the fact that they'll still fight you over it now even though I think Jeff Teague is provably better they'll still like the the fangs will come out if you bring up Ricky Rubio and and I don't think that that's the same way if you bring up Marco Scandella or something or right Marco Scandella was traded. He was really good. Like, okay. Yeah. And maybe maybe that's why. I don't think that it's one group knows more or cares more than the other necessarily. I think that their reaction to things is a little different, maybe on social media because of that. And maybe just because uh, I think it's easy to be in the middle with the wild of, I like watching their games. I hope they win. I go to their games. And, hey, maybe we'll make the playoffs and that will be fun. That, that that's a that's a, a good place to sit if you're a sports fan here. You don't have to be crazy insane about it like maybe the Vikings are. David, what's coming up in questions? I have questions about instant replay and the catch rule, which we got to earlier. We're also going to get to social media pet peeves, like taping your kids when they're having meltdowns, and something about a story caller told me before the show that I want to dive back into. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Sometimes they're misguided, and sometimes it's all a bunch of hot air and, and an excuse to get drunk. Mackey and Judd. Do not like to be told by their elders how things used to be and how things used to be better. On 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and Judd. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, Dave Harrigan. Went a little far with the button bar. Just calm down there, Skippy. Hey, it's day two. Wait till day three. Yeah, yeah I'm really excited for Jamie Watson will be very impressed with my use of the button bar on Thursday. Yeah, that'll be great. Uh, <laughs> earlier, you guys were talking about uh, proposed changes to the catch rule. Looks like it's going to happen in the NFL. Yippee, that'll be great. Two-part question. Would you be happy, upset, or indifferent if the NFL simply said, you know what? We all seem to have this idea of we can't define a catch. We know it when we see it. So we're simply going to leave it up to individual officials to decide whether a certain play was a catch or not. And B, has instant replay use across sports robbed us of at least a certain amount of fun of watching sports? Because every time we go to the instant replay review, be it baseball, football, hockey, basketball, I find myself getting just a little bit bummed out that we now have to sit through five minutes of debating whether this happened or that happened. Can I answer B first? Yes. Oh, it absolutely has. It absolutely has taken the fun. If you think about this in baseball, what was more fun than the rhubarb, than Guardy Guardy racing out to first base and kicking dirt on the umpire's shoes? And, and, And by the way, I am hopeful ejections are coming back. The mound visit rule this year I think is going to be hotly contested. 
Uh, but question B, it absolutely has robbed some of the fun. Now, is getting it right the most important thing if you possibly can do it? Yes. But, I disagree with but that. The point, way, but, but, go on. but the way it slows down games, when the NHL spends seven minutes looking at an offsides in a regular season game, does that rob the fun? Absolutely. Um, your your question A sounds good on the surface, but it's not. It ha- you have to define. You have to have at least a definition. It doesn't have to be the one that it has been for the past few years, but you have to have a definition of a catch. On the surface, saying I, I know a catch when I've seen it, which I I've said before, that sounds good. I think you need to have a definition of some sort. Yeah, I I don't think you can do that and just leave it up to referees because I think they mess up enough when they know the rules. Then when it comes to everything else, it'll just get worse. But I do wish that we could take instant replay and put it in a capsule and throw that in a spaceship and send it to the sun. Yes! My least favorite part of sports. Sing it! Every sport all the time is when, oh, did he catch it? Or was he an inch offside? Because, yes, we really need to make sure that some the boot of somebody's skate wasn't slightly off the blue line or an inch over. The offsides one should be abolished. The, the offsides I wouldn't abolish it all, but I, I, in hockey, I would abolish the offsides. The goalie interference, a, we review them, but oh. for what reason, I don't know, because everybody seems to be guessing. Shocking that the National Hockey League can't get something right. They still get it wrong so often. Often that's where it really drives me crazy is that they get it wrong so often that even when you're watching something like the NCAA tournament and oh it's pretty clearly off that guy's finger I think from looking at it and then it's nope it wasn't off his finger oh well what well, well, then why do we have this right or or it's off two guys fingers at the same time so uh, what did we just say first oh let's just stick with that 14 minutes later yeah. it's painful just pick somebody who gets the basketball and let's keep playing this is going to sound crazy but it just came to me i think replay in professional sports not every part but i think it is i think it needs to stay in in some circumstances offsides in hockey throw it out uh, the stupid baseball thing where my foot pops off the bag, Ugh. that's gone. Is, is that gone? Did they get rid of that? Or is no, that still no, they didn't, but it oh should be gosh. gone. But here, here's the one that drives me nuts because the officials aren't always that good, and, and the length of the games gets just stupid at the end. I think the one that drives me the most crazy, college basketball. Yeah. I'd almost yeah. like to see them say, you know what, it's – if if it's truly is amateur athletics played for the kids, get rid of it. What what was the game I was watching? Was it last Friday? The last minute of a game took thirty seven minutes. It's every game. Okay, well that's that's ridiculous. And for a college game, that's really ridiculous. No one's supposedly no one's being paid, right? The players aren't being paid. Um, it drives, but college it just drives me nuts. I do not sit down. I the NCAA tournament is meant for just consumption consumption, not to get things necessarily right in the last minute because, as Collar just said, the ball might have gone off this guy. So I would look long and hard at it. I wouldn't abolish the whole thing. But the good Lord never intended for replay to be used when Joe Mauer's foot pops off second base. That was never the intention. I agree. That's so, why we get rid of it. I don't think you All get rid of it. All instant replay. Get rid of it. Just play the play the game. But no, but, fifth, or but 30 minutes for the end of a college basketball game – they can all go bleep themselves. That's what Collar feels about people who take videos of their kids melting down about oh. something in sports or life and then posting it on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, for the 
benefit of likes, favorites, and retweets and shares. You know what? Just put those people on a boat. <laughs> Whatever island they land on, they can make it Instagram island, and they could just do this all day, but I don't want them in my country. Well, what else do you hate about social media? 651. Six, the question is simple. What are your other most grievous Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, social media pet peeves that okay. people need to absolutely stop doing now? I've, I mean, I this could be a long conversation. Number one would be if you're a journalist, don't retweet people who say good article. You could say thank you. Hold on, I'm just gonna do that. None right of now your followers. Yeah, you'd have to write a good article first. Oh, da, 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 da. boy, got him. Uh, but 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 I mean, congratulations, you did your job. Like, good for you. All right. Why, why are you Why are you sharing with everyone? Hey, look, everyone, I did my job and wrote an article. Like, that's what they paid you to do. So, I mean, say thank you and be polite. But like. I, when I follow people and I see them retweet, like, oh, great show, Judd, or something, like, get out of here. I always retweet them. Don't. Of course you're are supposed you, to do a good show. You That's why they are pay you, you to be here. Are you done now? No. Or do you have more? I probably have more, but if you want to. No, no, no. In. If you have more, go ahead. I don't know. That that's the one that came to mind quickly. Um I've got one. People who just one. People who quote tweet you to try to like really own you, but they make an obvious point. Yeah, but you yeah, but you're at fault here because you respond to way too many people. I respond to everybody. I like social somebody media made interaction. Point, somebody made a point yesterday. In fact, I'll find this quick. Somebody made a point because I wrote I wrote it down and it was a very fair point. They were being critical of me because I say, and this is true. My point being is, I'll start a sentence like oh, that. Yeah, so my yeah. point being is. And the person's like, I can't take this. Quit doing it. And I retweeted him. I said, thank you. That's a good point. And then I got a tweet <laughs> back from somebody saying, I find this interesting that you did this. And and I said, no, the person is being constructively yeah. critical. I don't like to go back to listen to myself. No human being I know, unless your ego is mammoth, and I don't know folks like that, goes back and listens <laughs> to themselves. And so this person is basically just saying, I listen to your show, and you do this, and it drives me crazy. Yeah. That's a really good point. So I said, thank you. I think half the people thought I was being mean and a smart ass or upset. And then they're like, but why did you? And I said, thank you. This is a good use. You're hearing something I'm doing that's driving you crazy. And guess what? You're probably right. Same thing if I have a typo or today I had Luke Wilson as a free agent the Vikings might want to look at. And then this morning he signed with the Lions. So someone allerted me to the fact that he signed with the Lions. It could be, people could be very helpful. I've been I love conversations. Too, and oh, I say here, thank you. Here's a social media thing that drives me crazy. So a lot of my articles, just a lot of articles in general, will be phrased as a question. Should the Vikings sign Kirk Cousins? Question mark. The people who respond, no. Like, all right, you're just being kind of a jerk. Like you aren't really you aren't really reading the article first cuz you're responding to it really quickly. So click the article please. You're also not uh giving any sort of feedback or starting any sort of conversation. It's of no use. Right, you're just being a jerk. Mm -hmm. And why would you do that? Like do you feel like really cool like I got him. Showed him good. Now, now, the one thing, the one thing that drives me crazy, and I think I've brought this up on the show before, but I would love for people to stop, whether it be Facebook or Twitter, I don't need to know your personal problems. I don't need to know that mm -hmm. you are having a bad day. I saw someone tweeted yesterday about how 
their life is falling apart and how they're just done with everything. And I, I don't need to know that. And I don't care. And I can't help you. I will say like, if my wife comes to me and says, I had a terrible day, Judd. And I say, Hey, sweetheart, sit down. Let's talk about it. I'd like to help you. But if you're some rando out there and I follow you on Twitter, I don't do it to know that you have, I don't, you know, because my teacher was mean or my boss was mean. I can't help you and I don't care. And then you get all these responses. So sorry to hear that. If you're that close to people, then call them. And if you're not that close to them, don't tell them your problems. Okay. Buzz off. I am very much on the fence with this issue because, for one, I think that people are always going through stuff. You never know what somebody else is going through. Sure, that sort I, of concept. I, I sympathize and, with that. And when I see a tweet like that, I kind of go like, ah, well, you really maybe don't have anybody to talk to about this stuff because you and I, we probably just talk to our wives all the time about whatever's going on. No, and, I just and, talk to myself. And maybe, okay, well, I guess that's not shocking. But, uh, you know, maybe they don't feel like they have anybody they could talk to. And, and maybe it's better to have strangers give a little support or talk to about something. It's easier that way. So I sympathize with that. And then at the same time, I go like, all right, talk about the Vikings. <laughs> you know, I, I, just, I, just I, feel, I feel the same way. But I also feel like I'm being sort of insensitive to. But you're not. You're just you don't need you're You can't help them. Like you're not going to help them. Yeah, I mean, if maybe. they have enough problems and they call you up, then you should help them. Then if you hang the phone up on them, you're being a jerk. Well, I mean, maybe you can help them just by saying, hey, you know, it's cool or whatever. Yeah, like, see, it'll but be it's all right. now it's, it's insincere. You it, could spend all day, though, right, trying to be like supporting every person who posts their problems yes. online. How do you feel about food tweets real quick? Are you against people who tweet their food? Oh, I, I can't talk. I I'm, can't talk about that. I'm not. I'm fine. My with wife, it. she does it constantly. I can't talk about that because yes, I. There's nothing. Well, I shouldn't say nothing. It's frustrating when I go to put a knife and fork in my restaurant food, and I'm told, "Oh, wait, wait, wait! I got to take a picture first. Let's just say that gets to be a little bit frustrating. I, I don't mind when people tweet it out. I don't mind when people tweet it out. I don't like when I'm asked not to eat so they can oh, take a I picture see. first. Because I'll be like, "Oh, what's that?" Maybe I want to eat it someday. Let's come back with uh, question three after this break. How about that, David? From the TCL Broadcast Studios. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You could say that 10,000 times and it still wouldn't be enough. It fires me up, man. I love it. Say it one more time. Mackey and Judd. <laughs> Does that feel good? Yeah. They're both verbs. Awesome. On 1500 ESPN. Join me, Dave Harrigan, and 1500 ESPN at Saks Sports Bar. I'll be there in Van Ness Heights, 530 to 7:30 this Friday for the Ultimate College Basketball Tournament viewing party. We'll have basket pong prizes galore, a little bracketology, perhaps, and the fantastic beer specials sponsored by Dosakis. More details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Question three for Collar and Zolgad, sir. Question three has to begin with Matthew Collar telling me the story, telling you all the story that he shared with us before the show about one Courtney Cronin and perhaps some boasting she did that was not hmm. uh, not backed up, Mr. <laughs> so, Collar. Well, so uh, Courtney, by the way, and I recorded a Purple Podcast yesterday. So if you haven't listened to Purple Podcast, please find that on your podcast applications um also we will be hosting saturday when judd is away so she'll be here so this will get more run then but courtney told me i uh, have i have video games at home 
including an N64, which I have just restocked uh, some of my old games because uh, like the old school gaming. And she had said, wow, you have Goldeneye, where, where people run around and shoot each other and things like that. I used to play lots of Goldeneye and insinuated. I don't know if she specifically said that she was good at it, but insinuated that she knew the game and could play. So I said, all right, well, after we're done with the Purple Podcast, then let's go. Let's play. And I proceeded to kill her 22 straight times without a death before she blew herself and me up. And then, now my wife has played video games maybe two times in her life. I handed the controller over to my wife, told her, okay, this little wheelie thing carts you around, and then push this button to shoot. And she killed Courtney as well. So I feel that maybe uh, it was misrepresented, her skill for playing video games, and that this is an embarrassment to her. She may have <laughs> oversold herself at one of the greatest video games of all time, or perhaps you are just that dominant, and that's what I want to get into. Tell me the game, the activity, the pastime, whatever it is from your childhood that not only defines your childhood, but that you feel if you picked it up right now, you could still dominate all comers. Uh, I, th I mean, I think that the N64 video game is probably almost all of them I'm good at. Now, Goldeneye, though, my two brothers were both better than me. I was always behind those two, um, but they were freaks at it. So I, the sports video game of the Super Nintendo and 64 era I played so much of, you would have a really tough time beating me. I think I could pick up NBA Live 95 and smoke anybody. Live 95, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll fly up and down the court. The guys, when they would jump, would fly like 15 feet. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You want my answer now? Because I don't like games. You know what? Part cheesy? Well, I said activities. Okay. I mean, keeping score of the Legion team is an activity that you could maybe be really you're, good at. You're miscasting it. I was the equipment guy, and then I would keep score. I did stats and was the equipment guy. And then in regionals at times, I'd keep score. Um, I mean, you like table hockey, right? You said you used to play that all yeah, the time? Yeah, I couldn't pick it up right now, though, and beat people. I would, I'd struggle. It would take some time. I actually think the one thing I could probably pick up pretty quickly, and I might drop dead, but that's okay, it would be Friday night boot hockey in the driveway. You said you were Trediac-like. Playing goal. I think the reflexes are still there. I think if I played Friday night boot hockey, <laughs> have boot, you seen yourself? Walk? I think if I played Friday night boot hockey, I'm going to ignore the shots being taken at me right now. Friday night boot hockey, I think I could pick it up pretty quick, especially if I was playing with with guys around my age now who I played against then. I think I'd be pretty good still. I don't know how I would do backyard football. It would really depend on the well, get hurt quality badly. of competition. We used to play a lot of backyard football. With my brothers well, so and his older friends that would hurt me. Uh, but I was pretty good at it. could throw the ball. But if you're talking about people who are actually in shape and good at football, then oh, I, be, I would be in trouble. I'd be dead. Hide-and-go-seek. Pretty solid at hide-and-go-seek. Better game. hider or go-seeker? Um, both, but rarely got caught. So I rarely had to be the go-seeker. <sighs> What was the other Friday night game the kids like kick the can? Was that a game? Oh yeah, we played kick the can still. Yeah, I, I never played I kick hate, the can. I, I hated it. So I, boring. I was. I grew What's up... the point of kick the can? There is none. Aside from just kicking the can, is do you, do you get a winner or do you just literally kick? I a think can? it just goes on forever. I never enjoyed kick the can. I was lucky I found enough. It to be a bore. 
I, I grew up at a time where we still played outside with each other and met up and played baseball in the park, but also had video games. So now I'm not sure that people do that as much as they used to do, where kids just like go meet up somewhere and play. Maybe pick up basketball still happens a lot. See, video games in my day were were just starting to like we had Atari and was it Nintendo? Does that sound right? Yeah, Nintendo. Nintendo would have been in the and 80s. Atari and things like that. But it was just starting. Your age groups, I'm sure, did that a ton more than we did. Oh yeah, because hmm. we used to we used to play. We'd play those on our TVs, but it was really archaic. And then go outside and play. How about this? Did you guys have a basketball rim of some kind that was not ten feet? That was like smaller, so you could dunk on it. As a kids? buddy of mine did. Oh yeah, I did not. A friend Dun- of mine did. So one time I was at a buddy's house, and his mom, for some reason, had it inside the the smaller rim that we could do dunk contests on. So I tried to go off the backboard, catch it, and slam it in, and broke something valuable in their house. And I don't think I was ever invited back. Oops.